Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. Good evening. It is drive time. Elliot Danka, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Time now to take a look at markets in Market View, Tian Tian. Right, so let's have a look at how the Singapore stock market started and ended the day. Singapore shares opened on a positive note after Wall Street equities ended mixed. So the Straits Times Index gained 0.2% in early trade to 3,231 points after some 40 million securities changed hands. Now, let's have a look at the closing numbers. The benchmark STI closed down 0.38% at 3,214 points. In terms of value turnover, that's 800. 13 million sing dollars. Gainers outnumbered losers though, 242 versus 240. Top advances, New Incorporation USD, Memion Tech Holdings, AMSGD. And top decliners for today, DBS, UOB and Ascent Bridge. Now in terms of companies to watch, we have Sabana Industrial REIT. Uh, that's because a partial offer by Volare Group mm. to acquire an additional 10% of the REIT has been declared unconditional in all respects. Okay. We're also tracking Lippo Malls Indonesia Retail Trust after Fitch ratings downgraded the trust uh, long-term issuer default ratings from triple C plus to triple C. Now, for more market moves and views, let's speak to Terence Wong, CEO Azure Capital. Well, Terence, welcome to the show. Hey, Tintian. Hi, Elliot. Hey, great to have you. And Terence, let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the SDI fare today? Well, you, you as you mentioned, SDI is down 0.38%, right? Uh, that's led mm. largely by the banks and uh, property guys. Uh, DBS was down 0.7%. Uh, UOL, uh, one of the bigger property players, down 0.9%. Uh, overall, there is this uncertainty in the market, uh, particularly for this week, uh, and it's unsurprising that the bellwethers actually take a hit. Uh, over the mm. past three sessions, we've seen the STI for some 1.5%. Mm. Uh, Terence, uh, talking about this week, right, uh, especially in the lead-up to those uh, the data points that are coming out tomorrow, any surprises with regard to the big movers today? Uh, not really. I mean, I mean, if you look at the general market, Tintin was just saying, oh, there's more uh, more gainers than losers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the gainers mm-hmm. are all the mid and small cap guys. Uh, the bellwethers are the no- normally the ones that lead the charge. Mm-hmm. So you'll see uh, DBS giving up some gains, the property guys. And, and I guess also because uh, there's uncertainty in the market regarding... Mm-hmm. Uh, the in- interest rate, uh, whether how 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 much are they going to adjust? And there's some uncertainty coming out from what the Fed has been saying so far. So that has affected our markets. And the bellwethers, the big guys, are the ones that will first take the hit. Mm, and I do want to zoom in on some of the companies to watch. Terence, uh, Sabana, Reed, uh, they're a partial offer by Volare Group to acquire this additional 10% stake of Sabana Reed that has declared unconditional in all respects. So what does this mean for Sabana, really? Well, I think if you look at what this Volare is doing, um, it's a Swiss-based conglomerate. Uh, its interest is really, really fast, uh, not only in property, but also in furniture, manufacturing, yeah. wood production, even car wash. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, obviously, I, I think the company has been accumulating the shares, um, and I guess when it's near this critical five percent mark, where they have to surface, uh, they they have made this ten uh, percent offer to uh, to uh, to actually increase its stake in the company. Um, and looking closely at their real estate interest, uh, because that's what the the read is all about, right? Um, so Volari has some industrial residential properties in some parts of Europe, uh, mm. including Switzerland, Germany, and Albania. So would they actually inject some of these properties? I think there's 
uh, there's this possibility. But uh, the, the thing is, because it's so low-key, we don't know what the plans are. But uh, on the shareholder side, I think it will make uh, the activist, activist shareholder, Quartz Capital, who has been like fighting to mm. with the, the management, uh, quite happy because they, they do have, they could possibly have another shareholder on their side. Mm. Uh, Terence, I want to talk a little bit about uh, Lipo Mall's Indonesia Retail Trust. So Tian was mentioning this earlier on. Finch Ratings downgraded the trust's long-term issuer default ratings from triple C plus to triple C. I learned there's no such thing as triple D. <laughs> uh, so this means what? There's a likelihood that the trust would be unable to refinance its $547 million debt maturing over the next 18 months. What then is the outlook? Doesn't look positive for sure considering post-pandemic recovery recovery that we're seeing across the region for the retail sector in particular? I know it's, it's interesting, right? I mean, if yeah. you look at the malls mm. in, uh, in Indonesia, they should be doing well yeah. Yeah. post-pandemic. Uh, and for the last couple of years, some of the Lipo uh, uh, re- retail malls were shut. It didn't really collect, collect rent. But fast forward to right now, food traffic has actually climbed back to about 65% of pre-COVID traffic. Traffic and, and in fact, if you look at the revenues, it's gone up uh, 23%. Net property uh, income has grown by 30%. And retail malls uh, in Indonesia, you know, they should be riding on this growing middle income mm. group. But some, some things went wrong and awfully wrong for, for Lipo Reed. Uh, first, it's not something that's not within its control, the falling groups. Uh, rupiah has, you know, really sunk against USD. And that, that has pushed up. And how, how it affects them is that, you know, uh, they look at the property value. And, and with the property value coming off, uh, this would push the gearing ratio to, you know, the uh, mid-40 plus percent. Okay. And that's flirting with the gearing limit of 50 percent mm-hmm. that MAS set. So that's one. Um, and another uh, tornier issue would be that of the, the hedging of the interest rates um, okay. since 2021 uh, they actually like lifted all uh, hedging um, and as rates continue to stay high the interest rates uh, that uh, Lipo REIT will actually pay uh, would have gone up significantly mm. um, and that's why I think that they are facing really really massive headwinds right now mm, Right and if you're just tuning in we are now speaking to Terence Wong CEO of Azure Capital well Terence let's very quickly switch gears to cover some of the headlines in the region today, Japan's economy narrowly avoided a recession in 4Q. To what extent does this support BOJ Governor nominee Kazuo Ueda's stance on monetary easing and what's next for the BOJ really? I think Ueda was a surprise uh, coming from uh, BOJ on this year's, uh, I think he, was, he came in on Valentine's Day. Uh, there were quite a few other candidates who were ahead of him uh, and he was considered outside shot but, um, but he came through and uh, he has uh, he has been speaking to the market on several occasions, I think since early February, that uh, he's keen to follow in the footsteps of his predecessor for now in maintaining the current uh, very accommodative uh, monetary policies. Uh, but market consensus is of view that uh, BOJ will eventually tighten this year. Mm-hmm. Exactly when? Really anybody's guess. I, I do believe even as uh, Japan has avoided a recession with this set of economic release, yeah. more will be needed to substantiate a, a move towards a tightening stance. Right. And, uh, well, Terence, I do want to take a look at this as well. The U.S. Fed's uh, beige book out last night. And while the U.S. economy has proved resilient to start the new year, the outlook ahead was less optimistic. Doesn't sound like much of a surprise there, but uh, any points we should be taking note of? 
what not, not, I think there's nothing new, you know, that your listeners, uh, at least those people that listen to your program don't already know. Mm. Uh, I'm trying to market your program. <laughs> <laughs> but but I, I think the main point is mm. still inflation. Yeah. And even though inflation in the US has been uh, hitting south since it hit a multi-decade peak of 9.1% in June, uh, it's still uncomfortably high. So the Fed needs to continue battling uh, interest rates by lifting rates. And I can see that the policymakers remain concerned, you know, expressing their worries that stubbornly high inflation may become entrenched. And that, that's, that's a worry because, you know, once you have inflation expectations, mm. uh, investors or, or, or employees will continue to expect high, uh, high increase in their salaries, right? And they are, they are, they right. Ask, if, if they think that inflation is going to be 6 7 8%, they'll be asking for a 10 15% increase. And that's bad. Um, and the labor labor is is getting really really tight over in the US. So mm. some all these are uh, concerns that uh, US government will have, or the central bank will have to uh, battle with. Right, and uh, yeah, our listeners probably will know this is a question that we post to most of our interviewees for much of this week. How are job numbers going to look like tomorrow? And is a fifty basis point rate hike in March almost certain? Well, consensus is uh, forecasting. I think around. 220,000. Uh, I, I do believe that it's going to be around that, uh, that region. Uh, don't think that there's a chance that we'll see a huge uh, 500 plus thousand payroll increase like we did yeah. uh, last month. If that were to happen, then 75 bits for sure. <laughs> uh, it, well, anyways, it's all, it all boils down to data mm. uh, and the view ahead of the FOMC meeting. So there will be a couple of big ones. Uh, mm. One you just mentioned the jobs report tomorrow, and there's also a consumer inflation report next week. Yeah. Uh, so all these uh, will be taken into consideration. But my bet right now is on fifty bits. Okay, thanks very much, Terence. Hopefully, we won't see a seventy-five down the road. That was Terence Wong, CEO at Jia Capital. Thanks, Tian Tian. Thanks, Elliot. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.